Hello and welcome to Dr. Jones's Veterinary Secrets Podcast. This is episode 94. In today's podcast, we're talking about what is the antioxidant astaxanthin and how it can help your pet. Holistic weight loss answers for dogs and cats. A brand new natural and effective tick remedy. Is veterinary care getting too expensive? Veterinary Secrets is on all your favorite podcast apps, including Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher. I'd love it if you'd subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. Questions or comments? Feel free to post a comment on my blog at veterinarysecrets.com forward slash blog. This podcast is sponsored by my new supplement, Dr. Jones's Ultimate Omega-3 Supplement for Dogs and Cats. It's a full-spectrum organic krill oil supplement high in EPA, DHA, phospholipids, plus astaxanthin. It's 100% Antarctic krill oil, premium grade, a high source of omega-3 fatty acids, highly absorptive and bioavailable, rich in phospholipids, plus astaxanthin, 100% natural and organic, third-party verified lab testing, and it's sustainable under the guidelines of the CCAMLR. You can try my new supplement by going here www.theomega3supplement.com What is astaxanthin and how can it help your pet? Astaxanthin is a reddish pigment that belongs to a group of nutrients called creatinoids. It occurs naturally in certain algae and causes the pink or red color in salmon, trout, lobster, shrimp, and krill. It's in my supplement, Ultimate Omega-3 Formula. Astaxanthin's antioxidant properties provide the main source of the health benefits. It's been linked to improved blood flow and lowering oxidative stress. A comparison study of astaxanthin and other carotenoids showed that it displayed the highest antioxidant activity against free radicals. First, some of the benefits. Number one, skin health. Astaxanthin is the primary carotenoid that algae use to protect themselves from harsh light conditions in the wild, and it's one of nature's most powerful sunscreens and skin protectors. It may be beneficial for our dogs and cats that have underlying skin disorders, especially those that have allergies. Number two, joint health. Studies in people and in vitro have shown that astaxanthin reduces various inflammatory responses known to cause pain and inflammation. Furthermore, astaxanthin has been shown to lower inflammation in elderly dogs. The results show that astaxanthin improved mitochondrial function, alleviating oxidative damage to cellular DNA and protein really may be important for our dog and our cats that have underlying joint disorders. Number three, brain health. There's increasing evidence that many diseases of the brain are related to oxidative stress and inflammation. Several published studies using animals have suggested that astaxanthin may help prevent certain neurodegenerative diseases. Studies have also shown that astaxanthin can improve cognitive function and memory in people middle-aged and older. So really, it may be really important for our animals, and especially our dogs, that have cognitive dysfunction. Number three, eye health. You may have heard that carrots are good for your eyes. Well, carrots contain carotenoids, family of compounds that may help protect the eyes. Astaxanthin is one of the most powerful carotenoids. It's much stronger than carrots and one that can actually cross the blood retinal barrier, which separates the bloodstream from the eyes. As such, astaxanthin can directly benefit eye health. Could be really important for animals that have things such as cataracts um, and some of the other more serious eye disorders. 
Number five, cancer prevention and treatment. For many of the potential cancers, especially in terms of prevention, one of the big thoughts is if we can prevent some of the free radical damage, we're much more likely to see a lower incidence of some of the types of cancer. Astaxanthin is shown to be a really important and quite powerful antioxidant. You know, if this is something that you're really looking for, say you've got a breed of dog, a golden retriever, a high incidence of cancer, first you want to be supplementing them with a good antioxidant supplement, and you really should be looking at adding in astaxanthin as a key antioxidant. When we're looking at doses, we're looking at human doses of 4 to 12 milligrams per day. So we want to equate that to our dog or cat. We're looking at animal doses of one milligram for 20 pounds of body weight daily. In need of weight loss, these are some holistic options that you can give to get your dog or cat to lose the weight. Obesity is rapidly becoming the most common veterinary condition affecting our dogs and cats. Estimates vary, but one survey found that 53% of adult dogs and 55% of cats are classified as overweight or obese. This equates to nearly 100 million pets that are too heavy, according to veterinarians. I personally have always had the best results on elevated protein diets, which include at least 50% canned. Cats respond best to an only canned or 100% protein diet, cutting out all the carbohydrates, i.e. the cat kibble. If you're going to use this, initially start out by cutting out the treats, especially the high carbohydrate ones. Commit to exercising your dog or your cat twice daily for at least 30 minutes. It can be difficult for the cat owners. And feed only the measured amount of food based on your dog or cat's weight. But here's some specific supplements or remedies that you should be considering. First of all, probiotics. These are the healthy bacteria which colonize the intestinal tract and researchers are finding that they are increasingly important for health and they may help for weight loss. Daily supplements with the probiotic Lactobacillus gasseri may help weight loss in people with obese tendencies according to new research. The study extended previous findings which showed that this specific probiotic Lactobacillus gasseri may reduce fat levels and fat cells in animals. Colostrum, also known as the mother's first milk, has been shown to help with weight loss by increasing muscle mass. The increased muscle mass leads to increased metabolism and loss of fat. Increasing number of athletes are using colostrum. It's a safe nutrient to consider adding to your overweight pet's diet. We're looking at colostrum doses, a pretty standard one, is about 100 milligrams per 10 pounds of body weight daily. Green tea, it's gained popularity for weight loss, it's also a rich source of antioxidants, and it's safe to give daily. You can give it in the tea form, substitute green tea for your pet's water, and assess the results in 30 days. Omega-3s can reduce symptoms of metabolic syndrome leading to weight loss. This includes central obesity, also known as belly fat, as well as high blood pressure, insulin resistance, high triglycerides. Omega-3 fatty acids can improve insulin resistance, decrease inflammation, and other heart disease risk factors in people with metabolic syndrome. This may be directly applicable to our dogs and cats, especially those animals that have gained weight because they've been on a high carbohydrate kibble diet. If you're going to be using an omega-3 fatty acid, I would encourage you to consider krill oil. When you're looking at krill oil doses, it's about 500 milligrams per 50 pounds of body weight twice daily. If you're going to be considering something like salmon oil, you need much higher doses of a thousand milligrams of the salmon oil per 10 pounds of body weight daily. Carnitine. This is an amino acid which has been shown to speed up weight loss in cats. 
the dose is 250 milligrams per day. It's being, it's being included in some of the weight reduction programs because of its effect on the utilization of fat by the body. DHEA, it's another type of hormone which has been shown to have anti-obesity activity in rodents. A recent study at the University of Wisconsin School of Vet Medicine demonstrated that dogs receiving DHEA while being on a weight reduction program lost weight faster and had lower cholesterol levels than those dogs who were on a weight reduction program alone. Quenzyme Q10. It's a pretty important supplement antioxidant. It's essential for energy production at the cellular level. It's been shown to benefit people with various heart and muscle diseases. Again, studies of its effects on obese animals are currently underway. It's been shown to be safe with no adverse effects demonstrated in animal studies. If we're looking at coenzyme Q10 doses, a pretty standard dose is about 25 milligrams per 10 pounds of body weight daily. A new natural tick remedy for dogs. Well, this one comes from a published paper looking at the effectiveness of essential oils for ticks, and they studied turmeric oil. As you may know, I love turmeric, in particular the active ingredient in turmeric, 95% curcumin. It's a proven holistic anti-inflammatory, beneficial on arthritis, allergies, and even some of the more serious autoimmune diseases. Now it may be useful for external parasites, in particular ticks, which are proving very difficult to repel except for some of the new generation of chemical insecticides, which potentially can pose a host of other health concerns. Then many of the essential oils can be toxic to our pets, especially if not applied undiluted. Considering that we have something here that's new, safe, and effective, I think it's really important, something we should all be considering. I just wanted to give you a brief review of the paper. It was called Preventing Tick Attachment in Dogs Using Essential Oils. The abstract, preventing tick bites using repellents could make a valuable contribution to an integrated tick management program program for dogs. And they looked at the availability and different range of essential oils and their active ingredient as available tick repellents. What they found was that substantial differences between the oils were observed, but turmeric oil was both able to prevent a climate response by ticks and had a longer residual activity than other oils. So what they found in conclusion was that the data indicated that turmeric oil may form a valuable component of a tick management program for domestic dogs. Lastly, I want to conclude the podcast by talking about what seems to be the rise in veterinary care. Recently, I was talking to a colleague about the skyrocketing costs of veterinary care. You know, we were comparing, you know, some of the costs of you know, when I was just last practicing not very long ago versus some of the costs people are reporting now. Some of these pet parents are saying, and you know, many have given me personally example of dental care in their dogs or dental care for their cats where, you know, they're going in to see their local veterinarian. They're, they've been told their dog needs a, a scale and polish, maybe a few teeth being extracted, and they're given estimates of upwards of $2,000. So can you imagine you've got a small breed dog, you know, I say a little Yorkshire Terrier, he's in need of dental care at least yearly, may need to have some teeth extracted, even if you're a diligent pet parent, you're taking care of your dog's teeth at home. I mean, that's, you know, over $2,000 a year just for dental, never mind other potential veterinary care, never mind the cost of feeding your dog, other things that may pop up. Other people were reporting they just can't afford, you know, basic veterinary care. You know, they've got a sick dog, they have a sick cat in need of care, and you know, they're given estimates of $1,000 just to show up at the emergency clinic that needs to be put on as a deposit from their visa. People are reporting 
spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of serious advanced treatments uh, for things such as dogs and cats that have cancer. Clearly, there's some really big advantages if you're in a financial position to afford this. But what if you're not? Like, what are some of the options? And is it really right that now, in amongst the veterinary profession, we're providing this really high, high level of veterinary care to a very small number of people, a very small number of animals? Like, what do you think? Do you think it's fair? I have own personal challenges with it. And when I ran my veterinary practice, I really tried to make make it fair, what I thought to at least treat most people that had dogs and cats. And that if you couldn't afford it, at the very least, we try to make arrangements, arrange some type of you know payment plan, but not turn not turn people away, not turn dogs and cats away, because that's you were there as a, as a veterinarian. You're there sort of with the animal's interest at heart first. And I understand that you have a business, veterinary expenses have really gone up personally for veterinarians. I mean, you're looking at huge costs, huge student loans, you know, big costs as far as much, much higher equipment costs, never mind much, much higher staff costs, all the other insurance costs, everything really has risen. I understand that. But at the same point, you've got to try to balance like, what about all these other animals that are not getting any veterinary care? There's got to be some type of balance in there. The answer, I don't know. I'd love to hear some of your guys' comments and feedback. I know in some cases there are animal shelters, you know, things such as the SPC here which have some funding so if you really don't have the money to care for your dog cats in some cases you can go through some of these local shelters but not everyone has access to that one you know my own personal opinion i think in some cases i really wish there were more lower cost veterinary clinics that could actually serve so many people that can't afford it maybe the governments need to be involved in some way maybe private people can sort of donate in some way so these animal shelters and these so low-cost clinics can exist. Regardless, I think it's an issue that we as pet parents and the veterinary profession needs to address. And I'd love to hear what you guys have to think about it. So thanks, you guys, for listening to Podcast 94, this edition of Veterinary Secrets. Questions or comments, you know, just leave a comment um, after on the blog, veterinarysecrets.com forward slash blog. Um, or you can send me an email at podcast at veterinarysecrets.com. Then lastly, I encourage you to check out my new supplement, Dr. Jones's Ultimate Omega-3 Formula for Dr and cats is at www.theomega3supplement.com and the three is the number three not spelled out three so once again thanks for listening i'll talk to you guys next week this is dr jones